century Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it Screams from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess every superhero need his theme music Don't want me to have all that power The clock's ticking, I just count the hours Stop tipping, I'm tipping off the power What's going on everybody? This is the Frankie and I the Sixers fresh off of a win over those pesky Detroit Pistons to finish off their season series on Monday. They lost Jimmy Butler early in that contest, about 10 minutes in, with a groin strain. MRIs came back that it was, quote, favorable. And so the hope is that Jimmy Butler will be back sooner rather than later. Groin strains the way that they are, if they're, if they're very aggressive or if they're very or they're if they're significant you can miss multiple months sometimes i know my roommate said he missed two years of soccer with a groin strain but he's not an nba basketball player um so mri came back as favorable hope they, they won't put a definitive timetable on it yet uh but the hope i would think is to give him the night off tonight against the nets and then give him the best chance of playing on Friday versus the Indiana Pacers, who are a a not really a threat to the Sixers in the Eastern Conference, but they are a contender. They are a playoff team in the East, and so you want you want all hands on deck for a game that'll be on national TV and will be on your home court. Sixers were also without Mike Muscala tonight. They found out before the game uh, due to an upper respiratory infection, which just means that he needs some 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 Mucinex, or in his case, it's Mucinex for Mike Muscala. Um, so down there, down their sixth man and down their, uh, their second best player, they're taking on those, those pesky nets, uh, for the third time this season, obviously they lost the first game of the year against the nets by 25. It was the back end of a back to back second game. Butler hits the game winner against the nets tonight. They were short two players. The nets are that strange team where they're not quite good. But they do have this sort of this volatile mix for the Sixers where they have these athletic, speedy guards who can shoot and so they can sort of weave in and out of lanes and get whatever they want, really, and it presents, presents a big problem for the Sixers. And tonight it showed. Um, Trakan Korkmaz notably got his first start of his career in place of Jimmy Butler, and he played, I thought, fairly well. Um, before the game... I, uh, Brett Brown said that he wanted to, the game plan was to double Spencer Dinwiddie. Again, he's one of their sort of their, their th- one of their three interchangeable best players between Levert, who's out with a, an ankle injury, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, and D'Angelo Russell. He's one. He's he's among those three, and so the game plan was to double was to double Dinwiddie and then make the the Nets make shots. But they're a good three point shooting team, so to sort of like make them. You'll, you'll live with their other role players making shots as long as Dinwiddie and Russell aren't torching you. So with that being said, in the first half, it really felt like the Sixers got away from that game plan. They led by as many as, I think, seven or nine early on in this game. Um, Brooklyn eventually went up by as many as nine in the second quarter. Ultimately, the Sixers were down one going into halftime thanks to a tremendous first half by Embiid. 23 points, I think 10 rebounds. Or 23 points, 12 rebounds, I forget. 
but he kept a minute in the first half. I thought of notable significance in that first half, the Sixers um, were plus three on the offensive rebound, which means that they got three opportunities extra for second-chance points, which made a difference. Points in the paint, Sixers were plus 10, so that means that they were getting good looks close to the basket. And the second-chance points, Sixers were up eight, so they were capitalizing on those offensive rebounds, and they were getting additional shots, and they were making those shots. The Nets, I thought, kept it, sort of sort of made their mark on the on the on the uh, the free throw front. Uh, they shot twelve of sixteen on, on free throws in the first half. Sixers only shot three total, and both uh, all three are from Embiid. Sixers down one going into half. Um, they came out in the third quarter, and I, I was really convinced they were going to blow this team out early in the quarter because they they had gotten the Nets in, into into the team foul limit within the first minute of the third quarter. Um, and all they had to do was just force the contact and get themselves to the line, and they would. I thought, I thought they were going to take the Nets out of the game. In effect, the Sixers only attempted three free throws in the first, in the third quarter. They led by as many as seven, I think sixty nine to sixty two at one point, and then Joe Harris brought the Nets back by himself. He had ten points in the quarter. Spencer Dinwiddie went off in the third quarter. He had fifteen points, and the Nets went up by as many as thirteen in the middle of that quarter. Um, the difference in that. Stretch was the Nets had seven made threes in the third quarter. Sixers, I think, had four. But those seven threes were sort of backbreakers for the Sixers. They were they were heat check shots, and it just they they, were, they came in in that long run where the Nets scored on thirteen or fourteen possessions in that quarter, and those seven threes contributed mightily to that. And so, with that. Although it wasn't a drastic difference in three-point makes for both teams in, in the third quarter, it was the, the timing of the makes that broke the Sixers' backs. Um, I thought of high significance was that the Nets were um, were using Jared Dudley more in this game. He played, I think he played, he played 19 minutes. He hadn't played that much in the previous games, I believe. In in those situations. They were using that to sort of counter the double on Dinwiddie, and the Sixers were forced to sort of give a hard, you give like a soft double to show it, and then get back to the shooter, and that sort of countered that whole game plan. So that was a good job by Kenny Atkinson to sort of negate that 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 attempt and make the Sixers rework their game plan. Um, the fourth quarter, the Sixers pulled it close. They they got to within, I think. Three or four, I think. Um, but ultimately, the Nets do pull away with this one. They win one twenty-seven to one twenty-four. Um, Sixers got themselves in a big hole in the, in the late in the third quarter, and they just never quite recovered. And it's just a testament to those guards. Dinwiddie, in thirty minutes off the bench, had thirty-nine points. Um, D'Angelo Russell. He had 38 last time they played. Last time the Sixers played the Nets, he had 12 tonight. So it wasn't the same people beating the Sixers. It was just that the guards were still having their way individually. And, it, and in each each affair, it's been one of the three guards getting whatever he wants, and it really hurts the team. I thought that the biggest difference in this game tonight was that the Nets bench, and this really shows how badly the Sixers bench is struggling. Um, the Nets bench had uh, 71 points on the game. The Sixers bench had 
31. So 71 to 31. It's a 40-point difference off the bench. That is incorrigible. That can't happen on any any night. I get it. The Nets are a trash team, and therefore their entire team is really a bench. But the players on the bench for a team that is a bench should not be outscoring you by, by 40. And just a testament to how bad the Sixers need help off of their bench. And I know a guy like Trevor Reza or Contavious Caldwell-Pope are not going to make the difference there, but you need to have something to lift your bench up and keep the team afloat while the starters are taking a rest. That makes a big difference. Of other noteworthy significance, the Sixers um, shot 16 free throws total in the game. The Nets shot 43 total. A 27 attempt difference in favor of the away team and a 25 difference in makes for the away team. I don't know. I don't know that that's refereeing or if that's just a lack of aggression, but that's unacceptable. That can't happen on any night. You should you should be hand, you should be aggressive and you should be confident enough to be aggressive on your home court and get those calls. The home the away team should never win a free throw battle that one sided. Um, so that was a really disappointing thing I thought tonight. Um, I the more I watched the game, it became more apparent to me that Ben Simmons cannot play the small ball five against teams that are naturally bigger and more athletic all the way around. Teams like the Bucks, teams like the Nets, teams like the Pacers, maybe. Um, the Raptors are a great example of that. He cannot play small ball five in any of those lineups because he has no way to defend those players, and he can do absolutely nothing against their, against their ability to switch. Because every player is going to be relatively big and athletic enough to be able to stop him. And it would just, it, the, and the offense and defense is being completely ineffective with him in a small ball five lineup against the likes of a more athletic, bigger team in the Nets. Um, I was really disappointed in, in Ben's performance tonight, even though he did put up 22, 8, and 7 with four steals and two blocks. I'm not disappointed in that he had a bad game. He had he had a really good game. I'm disappointed that as the number one overall pick in the draft, the supposed transcendent talent, he gets outscored by a bench player on the Nets who is the 30th overall pick in his draft by 17 points. On a night where you're the second option on your team, where you're the second best player on your roster because Jimmy Butler is missing, how the fuck do you get outscored by 17 points? How, how how the fuck do you get outscored by 17 points against a guy who's a second round pick? I, that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't I don't understand or comprehend how you let that happen to yourself. I mean that should, that you should be embarrassed, especially because they had their they, they were in the foul they were in they were in the penalty on fouls within a minute of the fir- of the third quarter. That just that just blows my mind that you got outscored by 17 by a bench player who was the 38th pick when you were the, the first pick. I don't get how that happens. Um, that can't happen ever, and and it especially can't happen when you're the second best player on your team that night. I get it. You're a distributor first, and you and you're this this unprecedented seven foot point guard with unbelievable athleticism and court vision and 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 rebounding and defense and yada yada yada. 
You can never get outscored by 17 fucking points against a backup. You just can't. That's ridiculous. Um, but looking through this um, this performance tonight from the Sixers, it, it's not really a loss that I'm disappointed in overall because you're down your sixth man and your second best player, so you're probably not supposed to win that game. I would think that if the Warriors don't have Steph Curry or Kevin Durant on any given night, the Nets are probably going to win that game. Um, so that doesn't really bother me. What does bother me is I, I just said, A, Ben Simmons cannot get outscored by 17. You either got to make it your mission to defend that player better. There's no way, there's no world where Amir Johnson should ever be on Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't care if you're switching or what you're doing. There's just no way that 6'10", Amir Johnson should ever be covering 6'5", 24-year-old Spencer Dinwiddie. They're, they're, that's just ridiculous in my mind. That, that's, a, that's a coaching mistake. If you see that coming and you identify it, you call a timeout next possession and you rehash that game plan out. So that way, there's no fucking way that Amir Johnson is going to be guarding Spencer Dinwiddie. That, that, that's, just, that's just absurd. You're going to lose that battle every time. Um, but nonetheless, as we usually do, Wilson Chandler, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Redick, and Korkmaz are the starters tonight. They each played at least 35 minutes, or no, at least, three, at least 33 minutes. Chandler, I thought, was a, was, was, a, was a good shooter tonight, nine points, on uh, three rebounds, four assists. In his 33 minutes, he made a couple of threes. The Nets really took away that little move into the paint where he shimmies his way in and sort of gets that little flip shot in like the 10-foot area. Um, they're, they're at their athleticism and size and jumping ability really shut that down. They were able to stay in front of him and hinder that skill that he has. MB tonight was magnificent. Uh, 33 points, 17 rebounds, 6 assists on 18 shots attempted, 2 or 3 made threes, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. He did have 6 turnovers though, which is atrocious. That's That can't happen ever. You you need to fix that. He started off the year really good with the turnovers, and he's just really regressed in a big way ever since that start. And I know he made a ton of progress this summer. I know he made strides in his game, got in better shape, improved a lot of his skills. But turnovers are hurting this team in all of their losses. And six turnovers from a guy whose usage rate is that high that needs to be fixed fast. It's not going to be fixed within this season, but it needs to be fixed within the next season or two. Because you're going to cost yourself a lot of games with six turnovers. I already gave you the Ben Simmons line and my spiel about that. Redick tonight, 11 points on 15 shots, 107 made threes. I'm really disappointed in Redick this year. Um, I've always been a very big fan of J.J. Redick and his shooting ability. I don't know if he's just getting older and he's getting more tired and it's, it's a lot of energy for him to get open looks, but he has been dreadful this year. He, he's shooting on the season from three. Um, he is shooting 36% from three. He's a 41% career three-point shooter. So he's wildly inefficient, averaging a career high in points, of course, but he's wildly efficient, 107 from three tonight. And there are a lot of shots that, you call upon him to make, and 
he comes up short. And you really, really need him to make make big time baskets in those stretches. You're paying him twelve million dollars a year. Or sorry, twelve million dollars this year. So that he does step up and make those big shots. Now I don't know if he needs I don't know if he needs a game off just to get himself sort of rested and and take and just take a take a break from the game for a couple days. Or need to give Landry Shamit some more minutes and Redick less, but he needs to figure it out because twelve million dollars a year he's not performing to that standard. Corkmaz I thought was great tonight, eighteen points on fourteen shots, taken six assists, three rebounds, three steals. Slowly but surely, Corkmaz is earning minutes for himself after the option was declined on his on, on his on his rookie deal, and he's playing really well tonight. He started, played thirty five minutes, and. I'm very impressed with the fact that when they declined his option and he made it known that he wanted to be traded, he didn't sulk, he didn't disconnect himself and force a trade out. He just waited patiently for his name to be called and performed. And he's getting minutes that he's actually earning now. It isn't like they're just short. Of course, it might be might be that. But I, I do think that Brad Brown does have some trust in him to make shots and to, and to execute and to, and to be reliable on some fronts. I mean, three steals... For a guy who I think is a, I think is usually a terrible defender is a, is, a, is a pretty good self-aware sort of number because it shows that he's aware of opportunities to tip the ball out, mm. strip the attacking player, take it to the bench tonight. Now, Amir Johnson, eight minutes on two of on two of um, and eight minutes four points on two of four shooting, five fouls and one rebound in eight minutes. How the fuck do you commit five fouls in eight minutes? I, I just I just I just don't understand how you as a 32 year old veteran big man in this league who's been around the league for 14 years, how the fuck do you commit five fouls in eight minutes? It 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 blows my mind. Are you that immovable of a force that you just can't move your feet at all, and as a result, you just throw your arm at people and you can't you can't avoid contact? Like, and there's no goddamn way that this guy is just not looking at the box score. He sees his stats after every game, I'm sure. He sees himself in film every day. I don't know how you don't work to prevent yourself from fouling. I don't know how you're that undisciplined in your defense. The sooner they can get him off the roster, the better. Because he is atrocious. Not even for $12 million they paid him, they paid him last year. For the, just for the $1 million they paid him this year. He's not even worth a token of that. I'd pay Markel Fultz more, honestly. Yeah, let that marinate for a second. Um, Landry Shamit tonight. 10 points in 20 minutes. 3 of 7 from the field. 3 of 5 made threes. Um, he made he scored all of his points in the last minute of the game on desperation shots. Uh, he is in the, in the midst of a, of a pretty long struggle. He's just, I, I think he's hitting a wall that most late first-round picks tend to hit at some point. I think it's hitting him now. Hopefully he can just sort of play through it and regain that confidence in himself. Um, because I think he can be a contributor for this team throughout the course of this season, and it would be a pretty it would be a, a pretty self assuring feat to be able to be a contributor on a team that can get to the Eastern Conference Finals. TJ McConnell was sensational tonight: seventeen points, four assists on eight of ten shooting, only had three turnovers. That's not awful. 
you want as few turnovers as you possibly can get out of your backup point guard. But he was also playing a lot more minutes tonight. I thought that he did a did a fabulous job of just con- of just controlling the offense, being his usual aggressive self on defense, and making shots. He he, he directed the offense to a T, got to his spots, and just made plays. And that's, that's all I can ask for. That's, that's all I could ask of him, in the in the as the backup point guard to this team. Shake Milton five minute five minutes, um, nothing. He did zero on on the night. Um, but it is what it is. He's he's a G leaguer right now. That's the reality. He's a he's a G leaguer. Um, so the difference, obviously, I I said it. The bench points for Brooklyn plus forty one, that's unacceptable. That's just a, can, that can't happen ever. Um, and I think that that's that that's the kind of number that you circle if you're Brett Brown and Elton Brand and you say we really need a piece for this bench to come in here now. We need to go and make a move, a smart move, but a move nonetheless to go make modifications to this bench to spruce things up because a 41-point differential to a bad team with the Nets is not going to fly. Um, turnovers, of course, 17 kills the Sixers. That 17, 17 turnovers, that equates to, if my math serves me correct, 23 points off of turnovers for the Nets. Um, while the Sixers had 20, so sort of the, the equating margin is not as lopsided, it's still you're allowing 23 points off turnovers. If you cut those down, you essentially cut the point total for the team down by the same sum. And then that makes a big difference in the game. But obviously the free throws were an enormous difference and like an embarrassingly, embarrassingly enormous difference. So that's a big thing, and I, I know I've said in the past that I don't want to blame free throw disparity, but when it's 27 att- shot disparity, it's it's going to be the reason why you lose a game. Um, and then obviously the bench points, that, that's really the difference tonight. So Sixers, they do make 12 of 28 from three for 42%, 43%, sorry, 12 of 16 from the free throw line, that's 75% in the dot. The turnovers they they failed that they failed that they failed to check that box, and the bench got destroyed. And so I think it's time to add a new point to the checklist. The bench needs to needs to keep the deficit within ten in terms of matching the, uh, the opponent's bench. If they can do that, I would say that they won't lose a game. I, I don't think they'll lose any of those games if they can keep that that difference within ten. So. 10 made threes per game, 75% from the free throw line, 13 turnovers, and keep the bench deficit within 10. I think as the season goes on, we are slowly but surely building that winning formula for this team. And I think that with, with the constraints that I've set, I think that it's proven that it, it, it is a, a, a correct winning formula for this team. So that being said, Sixers drop a a somewhat disappointing game by three to the Nets at home. They, they dropped the 14-2 at home, still the best home team in the NBA. Um, they'll, they'll play the Indiana Pacers on Friday. Game is on national TV. It is in Philadelphia. And hopefully Jimmy Butler will be back for that matchup because it is a it is a, a great 
uh, it is a strong opponent, Jimmy versus um, Victor Oladipo. So we will see. I will be back here for the post game show after that one. And for now, thank you for tuning in. Of course, as per usual, the fee to Embiid and its name are protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution of the fee to Embiid without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the fee to Embiid 2018. And before I forget, my roommates love the shotgun beer. And if you like to do it too, and you want to increase your shotgun time at parties, you should go check out our boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that, ter- that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It also opens bottles, pulls tabs, punches vents, and, and it all fits on a keychain. Check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. Cobra so with a K. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the code TRUSTTHECOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. Again, the Sixers dropped the game tonight, 127 to 124. Dropped 14 and 2 at home and 19 and 10 on the season. They will play the visiting Indiana Pacers on fr- on Friday at 7:30 national TV. Hopefully, Jimmy will be back for that game, and we'll be right back here with some breakdown once the final buzzer sounds.